0: Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of
1: your hosts, Fletcher.
2: I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week we're talking about those games in our collections that we don't play, but we don't seem to be able to get rid of either. Why are these games still in our collections? Are these games going to get played someday? Maybe we have some sentimental attachments. Maybe you're Chris.
1: But first, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gift of Games in Grayslake, Illinois that is the gift of games.com. Um and a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. All right. Whew. This is this is a big day for me. It's it's just a typical Monday for the rest of the world, I think. Well, Monday night Tuesday <laughs> when you guys hear this. But Sydney went back to work today, so now I'm on paternity by myself, which means Oh my gosh. I get to do the night shift and I volunteer to wake up at like 7:30 to bring Zachary to daycare. And then take care of the baby all day long. So I'm a little loopy because I haven't slept more than like four and a half hours last night or all day today. No, I said that I had a half hour nap before I picked him up from daycare. So, which I don't know if that made things better or worse. But anyway, um, it just feels like it's been a month since I've talked to you guys. And Fletcher, has been two weeks. How was your trip to your mom's?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I went to go visit my parents and uh, it was really great. Um, they're down in Texas and Texas was recently pulled off the quarantine list and then the naughty
2: list (laughs)
0: pulled off the naughty list and then when we got back they were put back on so that was great
1: Um, i'm pretty sure 41 states are on that list now so
0: yeah um but yeah i mean it was nice and warm in texas and they have a pool and we went swimming and we brought we we brought the dog so that was pretty that was pretty interesting i've never flown with a dog before uh, but southwest is still doing this thing where there's no middle seats um Mm -hmm. so it was carmen in the aisle and me in the window the dog in between. Did you
1: bring the dog? Did you bring the dog in the cabin?
0: Yeah, in oh, on the nice. plane. That's the only way. Apparently, at least on Southwest, that's the only way that they accept pets. Um, they yeah. don't take pets uh, underneath, like some other. Um, but yeah, she was uh, she was a little hyper on the plane, right there. But then on the way back, she was she was a champ.
1: She was really good. My nice. dog gets so,
2: carsick. Yeah. I can only imagine how miserable he would be on an airplane. Your dog Marty would be gets,
1: really big in the cabin of a plane, though.
2: Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure Fletcher's dog is almost as big as my dog now.
0: My, uh, yeah, she is like fifty-three, fifty-four pounds right now. Jeez. Yeah, my dog
2: is only sixty-five.
0: <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll get there. She'll be sixty-five, maybe seventy. Yep. When she's done, she's only yeah, six and a half months old.
2: <laughs> yeah, I bet she'll be bigger than my dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. My Golden son's Retrievers have a pretty
2: big uh, range that they reach. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Zachary's 30 pounds. I know that because we weighed him this week, and um, I would sedate him if I was flying with him on a plane, just like I would with a dog.
2: Um,
1: so,
2: yeah, my here, kid is the same size as your kid, despite the fact that he is a year older than your
1: kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if your kid is small or mine is just really big, because he's I not super my- tall, but he's super yeah. chunky.
2: <laughs> um I want to say my kid is, like, the 40th percentile, and your kid is, like, the 90th percentile for (laughs) weight.
1: Yeah. Kind of on the opposite side of things. Um, Yeah. They can hold... Yeah, he can hold his own. He actually is so strong, too, because when he's resistant, I'm just like, okay, I know you look fat. Because he does. He looks fat. He looks like a toddler with a lot of chubbiness to him. But he's just solid muscle, too.
2: They do, like stop gaining weight as quickly around that age because my kid looked like he stopped looking like a toddler and he started looking like a little kid now and it's really weirding me out
1: yeah he's he's definitely stopped he's not getting bigger he's not gaining weight um but it still feels like he's growing like a couple inches every day based on what he can reach on the counter and get into he's oh, yeah. taken to getting <laughs> into the kurig So the other day, he just, he pulled, we had him this little toddler step stool So he pulled it over Uh. to in front of the Keurig and the tea maker and then climbed up and just started disassembling the whole thing and then putting it all back together, then disassembling it and putting it all back together. And then he left and he left it all put together. So I'm like, all right, (laughs) I mean... Yeah, yeah, just
2: wait until they start using the stool to climb on top of the counter to get in the cabinet to get the snacks that you thought you put out of their reach. And then they come downstairs with a bag full of fruit snacks like, Mom, can you open this for me? And you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll,
1: I'll wait on that a little bit. Um, so I also this thought topic- I put
2: the markers where he couldn't get them. But oh, <laughs> oh, he could get them. And now my I also didn't realize how much watching um, people do cosplays on YouTube was affecting my child. But I came downstairs one day and he's like, "Look, mom, I did makeup, just <laughs> covered in marker." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good one. We're still <laughs> at the point where
1: the the living room is is kind of like a cordoned off jail with baby <laughs> gates on both sides. But now he knows. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't say open. He says O N. And so he'll go to the gate, say, oh, in, oh, in, oh, in. All right. So you open it up. And then he immediately goes to the other side and then closes it again. And we're we're trying to explain to him, it's like, if you just leave it open, you can go back and forth. He's like, no, 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 no. It has to be closed. Every door has to be closed. Every light has to be on. These are the rules in our house.
2: Um, (laughs) My nephew will just stand and, like, shake the baby gate. And he goes, open gate, open gate, (laughs) until you release him into the rest of the house. Some kind of gremlin. Circles around the house. <laughs> He's crazy. All right, so I was about to
1: say that this topic um is going to be a little short, so I'm going to bring up a non baby but <laughs> semi gaming related topic as additional banter, and that is the fact that I got an Oculus Quest two a couple weeks ago. How is it? And I am I really to get endorsing. One, but I didn't. I'm endorsing this for everyone on the planet. It is. It's So, it's virtual reality. So, Oculus Quest, Oculus Company, Facebook bought it. If you don't have a Facebook account, then don't bother with it because you have to have a Facebook account. For some reason, that's a big controversy. I have a Facebook account, so I don't care. But it is a standalone headset. So, you just put the headset on, and then you can download games. There's an app store. There's free stuff. There's pay stuff. There's a ton of stuff on it. Um, it is insane. It's It's absolutely insane how cool it is. And I've been... David Rank says, uh, "Is it the next giveaway?"
2: <laughs> Chris did probably already buy too many of them, so
1: I did buy two of them um, because I bought one and then I put what, put it on Sydney. I'm like, you need to try this out because I was I've been VR reluctant for literally 30 years. I've just never thought it was ready for mainstream. Well, it's been
0: crappy for all of time until like the last yeah. five
1: years. <laughs> I can say that the Quest Two is the mainstream thing i was waiting for um it's just it's 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 300 so it's kind of in the neighborhood of a eh, kind of an expensive nintendo switch um not as many games on it but there's still a ton of stuff you can do on it uh but yeah it's it's awesome but i I gave it to sydney to try it out and then she did some travel stuff where you can like you know 360 movies and stuff and i asked her "Was like so do you want one and she looks at me she's like i kind of do so now we have two of them. Um, <laughs> Who's gonna watch the kids? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have, have their own like, too. They make the minis. The one-month-old baby is wearing it.
1: So that's you have to draw. I off, don't like, an have area. VR, and
2: my kids still managed to roll off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so you, we have to. You draw an area for some many. A lot of the VR stuff you can just do seated, so you don't have to be like you know standing up and moving around and stuff. But if you are standing up, you draw this kind of area, safe area. And as you get to an edge, a wall comes up in the VR, letting you know that you've gotten there. So I, I'm playing this game called Elite Beat. No, not Elite Beat, just Beat Saber, which is kind of a rhythm <laughs> slash <Beat> agents. <laughs> Elite Beat Agents. I, I pulled that out and I'm like, oh, man, I wish there was a better game for this. And now there is. Um, but yeah, if every song I like peek under my nose, because that's the only way I can see out the side of the headset to make sure that the kid's still breathing and I'm like, Oh, okay, I can play another song. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, get this. How's it work and, with your glasses? Um, I just take my glasses off because my, I can see very, I can see fine close up, but they do have special lenses. So if you have glasses, you can get prescription lenses that you put into the Oculus or you can, oh, there's wow. an, a space or two. So you can actually wear your glasses inside of it. But I spend an hour just like working up a sweat. So I'd rather just not wear the glasses. Anyway, that's my Oculus plug. I should get a discount. No, for I it. want one.
0: I ordered my PlayStation 5, but I get it next month. 10th, yeah. Order it. Order it. You won't
1: regret it.
2: Do you uh, suffer from motion sickness at all, Chris? So, yes, I do.
1: If I'm a passenger in a car, I feel I get sick. Um, And not so much on planes. But that's the fun thing about this is you do get used to VR. And there's certain ratings on games. It says this one's comfortable. Most people should be able to do it without any problem. And then it goes down to extreme. Like, hey, don't do this until you're experienced. And... I've I've been just doing basically the comfortable ones, but you there's this residual I don't know what they call it, but anytime I lay down, like every place else is fine, but when I lay down, I get this like swirl of vertigo that just yeah. makes the room spin. And then it just goes away. <laughs> That's so just weird. Because you had too many whiskeys, Chris.
2: It could be <laughs> Just put one foot on the floor. It's called Isn't that the what they spins. tell you? <laughs> just so, drink well,
0: it's less either, and you'll be
1: fine. <laughs> it's either what I'm gonna dub VR sickness or um I have a brain tumor. So either one could <laughs> happen, but it's super reliable. Like I just lay down and like woo and I'm like, well, I guess that's a good time to feel dizzy when you're already laying down. So
2: Yeah, uh. I have a problem even with like IMAX movies or some stuff that I can't
1: I watched an entire Netflix movie because Netflix is on there and YouTube and all that stuff, so you can watch it like you're watching on a big screen. Um, And it was actually totally fine because you're sitting in, you're basically sitting stationary. um, And yeah, it's the same with an IMAX,
2: and yet I still get sick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time I come over, I will bring it with, and you Uh, and Spencer can try it out.
2: We'll see. It'll
1: be fun. All right, let's talk about games. Other games, I guess. So, this topic came out of the fact that I've been cleaning my game room, and we didn't have a Gen Con this year, which is sad. So, I have all of these games in the basement. And as I'm going through this, Sydney's asking, like, what are you going to give away? What Are you are going to give this away, this way? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not giving that away, or that away, or that away. So, so you're never going to play those. I'm like, I know, but I still can't give them away. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's mine. So, I'm like, it made me want to think about this a little bit more and anyone with any sizable collection of games has those games that they don't play but they also don't get rid of now i have a ton of them i actually took a picture of my basement so i could reference them as we're here and actually it took five pictures of my basement so i could reference them um while we're here but i'm curious for you guys this phenomenon of here's a game that you know you're not going to play Like you're just, you're never going to get to the table for whatever reason, but you also don't want to get rid of it. Am I alone on this? Or can you guys give me a little love, a little support here?
2: (laughs) I think I have one game in my collection that I can say for sure falls in this category.
1: Which game is that? I have two.
2: It is, um, Eloise, the card game. It is basically like a matching memory. It's like a kid's game. I got it for a long, like a long time ago for Christmas. And it's the Eloise book series um, art that I think they're just like matching cards. Seriously, it's like you get two and you're supposed to play kind of matching games. They're for kids. Um And I don't know how it like stuck around. But now it has become like a thing that I've held on to for long enough that it has sentimental value to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only reason it's sticking around. I really liked the books when I was little. My mom would always read them to us with silly voices, and it reminds me of that, and I really like the art. So it's just fun, and sometimes when my niece comes over, she plays with it, but I have no intention of ever using it.
1: I see. I like that. I like that it was a gift, so therefore, automatically, you feel a little guilty getting rid of gifts. But it's also something that's tied back to your childhood. and is Yeah, it was like a gift when
2: I was like 10. This is seriously like, you know, 20 years old. 15... No, 25. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say. Math. Yeah,
1: math. Yeah, I would... Hell, I can't say I would give that away. Oh, you just made me think of another game, too. I have a game (laughs) called Dungeon that I never played, but it was... It's apparently an electronic game of some sort. And I picked it up at one of those flea markets at a convention. And I'm like, oh, man, this is like one of the electronic dungeon games of the early 80s. I must have this and i will never get rid of it i've never touched it i will never play it i just <laughs> wanted to have it because in the early 80s i really wanted to be a D&D nerd and i wasn't cool enough to be a D&D nerd until the late 80s and then i got uncool enough to do it i don't know <laughs> anyway all right so fletcher you have two games what are these games
0: yeah so i have two games and they're both the games that you gave me chris and um... <laughs> <clears throat> And I want to play them. I really do. I just haven't found the like the right people to play them with. Uh, it's the it's those two D and D in a box games that you gave me.
1: Ah, um, uh, the adventure system.
0: Yeah, the adventure system. Yeah. So I have those two, and I like I took them, like I opened it up, and I looked at all the pieces. I like read the instructions. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fun. And it's like Carmen, do you want to play this game? And she's like, uh, no
2: in <laughs> my family like, we say i have to be on an airplane that day <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. my sister asked my niece if she wanted to be the flower girl in her wedding and she said mm, i think i have to be on an airplane that day <laughs> and now that's our generic <laughs> excuse for i don't want to do something oh <laughs> uh, that's
1: perfect but uh, yeah <laughs> i do want to play this game but yeah, Carmen's gonna be on an chance. airplane
2: that day. Oops. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I love D anD
1: D. It's and it's a fun game. I mean, I I like it. It's not like obviously I did part with it, but I do have at least two other versions of it. <laughs> There's a lot of of that game. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would assume so. So you're but you're keeping it with the intent that someday, someday you're gonna play this game.
0: Also, one of them that you gave me was like, it was like a, I don't know, Legend of, of Drist. And Drist is one yes. of my favorite characters in the Forgotten Realms, kind of like Wizards of the Coast universe. So I can't, I and can't that's, part with
1: that. And that's the one that gets good too. All right. So I can, I, uh, I have these um kind of, uh, they're not necessarily industrial shells but like basement <laughs> shells. you know, they're made of, you know, nice they're big they're big they're about two and a half feet deep so I've taken a ton of games out of my game room and put them in the basement and they're two layers deep so there's the front layer and the back layer and when I went down to take pictures of it I just took a picture of the front layer because the back layer is against the wall and I will never see those games again um which is another reason why they might never leave my collection so I'm gonna go over (laughs) some of these games and wonder why I still have them some of them are probably going to make it to the next in-person Gen Con. So, some of these will actually get there. But, so, th- I'm just looking at this. Actually, I wrote. I'm going to start with role-playing games first. Because <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Fletcher, do you have any role-playing games that you've bought that you've never played?
0: Do I have any role-playing games that I've bought and never played?
1: No. Okay. So, d and I have all the D&D books. I mean, I, D&D.
0: I mean, essentially, essentially
1: besides, like, you know, the D&D in a box games that we just talked about. Yeah. So but like the D&D players books, um adventures, all that stuff. I have all of that. Um I've rarely mm-hmm. ever read any of them cover to cover besides like the, the core books. Um but that's fine. That's still part of a game that I play. So I don't think of that as a bad thing. But I also have a lot of other role playing games that I bought and I will never get rid of, but I will probably never play them either. Um you know, I have I have a bunch of uh BattleTech games, which aren't really role-playing, but they're books and, you know, tabletop figure stuff. I'll never play that game. I It's purely got for sentimental reasons. There's not even good art in the books. It's just pictures of people playing the game, essentially. Um I just backed a Stargate SG-1 um, <laughs> role-playing game on Kickstarter. Like, it's actively going right now. I already own a Stargate role-playing game. And then I backed this other one.
2: There are two Stargate will- role-playing games?
1: I think this is the third one, actually. Oh my goodness!
2: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's any kind of IP you can you can milk it for a while. Uh, plus, there's Star there's a Stargate role playing game based on the movie and a Stargate role playing game based on the series. Um, or maybe that's Firefly, which I also think I have. But yeah, so there's a number of role playing games that I like. I buy because I'm interested in them, but I'll never play them. And once you have the book, it's like they're just so pretty on the shelf. I can't get rid of those.
2: Yeah, I might be guilty of this if we count my digital collection, because there were a few PDFs I have picked up, which for role-playing games are not necessarily cheap. Um, yeah. So I have I have quite a few of those, perhaps, in my collection that probably aren't ever going to get played.
1: Well, let me ask you this. So you're you have more books than games. Do you have books that you've bought and not read?
2: Yeah, but I don't hold on to them forever. I I don't know. It depends. There's a lot of books that I bought and I read the first like three or four chapters and I'm not a person who's like, if I'm not enjoying the book, I'm not going to like make myself finish it. Um, There are some books that like, you know, you feel like you have to read to like understand the culture we live in. Like, you know, I, I don't understand anyone who hasn't read at least one Harry Potter book all the way through. Like, how do you function in life. (laughs) How do you know know.
1: what everyone else is thinking? Yeah.
2: Right? Like there are some books like that, but a lot of books are not like that. And I read the first three chapters and if I'm not enjoying it, I'm happy to put it in a box and donate it. And it can go to the library or it can go to Goodwill, whatever. I'm done with it. Um, So there are very few books in my collection that I have not read that stick around in my collection. And I would say this is the same with games. There are a lot of games that I've picked up, that I have maybe played once or twice. I didn't like them that much. They were taking up space, and they have moved on and found new homes. I do not have the same problem with letting things go that you do.
1: I can let a lot of things go. I'm going to cover a few things, and we're going to talk about why I can't let them go.
2: I grew up with a bunch of collectors, and it has made me a person who's like, I don't need to have everything. I can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably one thing I need to teach my kids how not to do you're doing it they're living in that
2: house trust me they know already (laughs) (laughs) you are my mother (laughs) except instead of depression glass and roseville pottery (laughs) it's games
1: (laughs) well you can't collect all games so that's my thing with collecting is if you can't collect them all it's not really collecting it's just having but, like, all the yeah, Funcoverse stuff. Yeah, that sounds stuff, like my mom. <laughs> yeah. So, Funcoverse is my first game I'm going to talk about. I like this game. I've played it twice. We played it twice, I think, in the same day. And ever since, I've bought everything Funcoverse. <laughs> there's not a ton of them yet. I think there's, like, 50 figures, and they come in two packs or four packs. But every time a new one comes out, I go and get it. And now I have, like, a display case of these little Funcoverse figures, which... I may never actually play, but I'm keeping them because, A, I can collect them all. That's that's a big problem because I can actually collect them all. If I couldn't collect them all, like the Funkoverse or Funko figures themselves, like the vinyl figures, you can't collect all those. So I don't care about those at all. But these, I can collect them all. So I must collect them all. And I, I don't know. I mean, part of me says when the kids get older, it'll be like a fun game to play with them. But who knows? Like, that's just an excuse to keep them around longer, really. Yep. But, yeah. All right, Fletcher, I have... You are more into video games than I am these days. I used to be big into video games. And back (laughs) when I was into video games, I had the same problem there. Where I bought games, like physical games. I didn't... I Not digital downloads. This is, you know, a couple decades ago. Um, Do you have video games now that you've bought... And you're like, I'll get to this someday. Or do you? Are you a little bit more strict as to what you buy and you play everything you buy?
0: I play everything I buy. I don't necessarily finish everything I buy, but I definitely play everything I buy. Um, because I, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm cheap, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> do I really want to spend this money on this game? Does it really look that good? Do I think I'm interested in it? Um, so I, 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 like, I go, ba- I, I waffle back and forth a lot on like purchasing a video game. Um,
1: and then, you know, eventually I buy it and I, I will always play it. I'm trying to get better at waffling. Um, I did recently waffle. Kitty and I uh, <laughs> do Dice Tower now. And we do the Kickstarter edition. And I think two weeks ago, I talked about Dungeon Fighter, which is like a dexterity dice rolling game. And I went all in on it, which was, I don't know, like $150 or something like that. And Sydney first thing she does is she's like wait a minute did you really back that game i'm like yeah it looks fun she's like you're never going to play it (laughs) and then i had to sit down and waffle and i waffled and then i reduced my pledge to ten dollars without a reward because i felt guilty for reducing my pledge (laughs) in the first place so i still gave them ten dollars but i'm like she's right i'm never ever i hate these kind of games i literally hate those kind of games why did i think i would want this game
2: (laughs) Good for you.
1: You did <laughs> yeah, it, Chris. I waffled. Did. I, I did put together a list of my 2020 Kickstarters uh, today. Uh, I have backed so far in 2020 18 games, 10 expansions, and then two what I'm calling Miscellaneous, um, which is a deck of cards that Kitty showed me called um, Enigmas. And then the other Miscellaneous is the Star Wars. Yeah, I picked game, that I, to talk st- about
2: and I didn't back it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yeah the I other somehow one is got the Stargate Chris to do it playing. for me, <laughs> yeah well, I bought two decks too. I don't know why, so that that'll be your christmas gift um your Christmas <laughs> gift is gonna be late. it doesn't deliver till january twenty twenty one so uh yeah, but that's that's me waffling and why I have a problem all right, so another big game, like and this is big, big game that I have not even taken out of the shrink. this is a Kickstarter this is Batman Gotham City Chronicles. This game is so large that when they talk about coffin boxes, like you know, TI3-sized boxes, um, this one comes in two boxes of twice the height of that, just for the base game. Like, the base game comes in two different boxes. And I'm pretty sure... I don't remember if I went all in. I can't tell from this picture if there's a bunch of stuff behind it, but I think there is a bunch of stuff behind it. I can't bring myself to open it because <laughs> it's gotten mediocre reviews as far as the rules are concerned. Like the game's actually supposed to be not bad, but apparently the rules are really hard to digest and like get into. And I figure as long as it's closed, it'll still always have the potential of being good. But as soon as I open it and try to play it, then it becomes action figures, which could be fine too because there's a lot of miniatures here. So, I don't know. Maybe Maybe the kids will get into Batman and this will be something they can, when they raid the basement. I have morbid visions of myself, like 30 years from now, I'm, I'm gone and my kids are going through old stuff and they come across me, my game collection and it kindles all kinds of joy and happiness. So maybe that's why I'm keeping all these games or not. Well, you can, uh, (laughs)
2: sorry, I was, count. I was trying to figure out where my Kickstarters were this year. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the this value year if you don't
0: open them like lego <laughs> like like um, or Faberge egg. A...
2: <laughs> so speaking of things that I should not be holding on to, barbies. <laughs> <laughs> um as a child, I may have talked about this on the podcast before. Um I had a Princess Jasmine Barbie that I really loved and I opened her up and I brought her to my friend's house to play with her. It was my friend who lived like Seriously, our backyards touched, so we just, like, walked to and from each other's houses. And I lost one of the shoes, and I vowed I would never open another precious Barbie again. And so I had over 20 Barbies still in their packaging in my parents' basement. Um, And this week, actually, my sister... Saw somebody on Facebook who was looking for vintage Barbies, which my Barbies count as now, and that hurt my heart that my Barbies <laughs> from my childhood are vintage. Um, but she was looking for holiday gifts for her daughter. Her daughter wanted vintage Barbies, and they were looking for them still in the packaging so that it could feel more like you know, a fun present, not like somebody else's garbage. Um, so we went down into my parents' basement, and I had to really um, analyze which of these Barbies still sparked joy. And so I still have thirteen Barbies in the box in my basement <laughs> now, because um, that was my mom's they rule. If I got anything? them out of her, and they're worth nothing. They're worth like twenty to forty dollars, which is probably what my mom paid for them when they were Christmas gifts to me as a child. They have gained <laughs> no value. Some of them yeah, are them worth less. <laughs> because a lot of people kept these because they're all like tagged collector's edition limited edition so anyone who collects things like if chris was buying barbies now these would be the barbies that chris <laughs> bought and there were lots of you know middle-aged women buying these no. barbies too that held on to them yeah
1: no there's a rule in collectibles if it says it's collectible it's not collectible
2: it's not collectible and that's exactly what these are now yeah. is that they, they were all special edition collector's edition. So a whole bunch of, you know, collectors bought them to, you know, the people who have to have them all already have them. And no one is sentimental for these ones. The one that I have that's worth like a possibly a little bit of money, which is not that I think this one might go all the way up to $60, is like a Rapunzel Barbie. And, that's because it's not special it's just a plain Rapunzel Barbie it's not a holiday Barbie it's not special collection and so that's the only one that has in any way gained value and it is too sentimental for me to sell it even though it has (laughs) gained value (laughs) Uh, but you know I still really love these Barbies and I get enjoyment out of them so that you know who cares
1: (laughs) well I will say that you know so Going back, there's um, Zombie Side and Mansions of Madness. Probably are two games that I don't ever expect to play again. Um, partly because Zombie Side's been replaced with other better games, and Mansions of Madness, likewise. But I do get a certain joy out of owning these games, and I don't know why so much. It's not like I mean, both of these games I like, but this they don't have like amazing memories or anything like that. I just, I like having them, and I like having all the stuff that I do have for them. So, like, I get it. I get, it can spark joy, even if you're not interacting with it on a regular basis. Now, one that doesn't make any sense whatsoever is a game called City of Kings, um, or The City of Kings, which is probably one of the worst games ever that I have ever played. (laughs) That is a (laughs) high bar. Well, and the thing is, it's not – certain people would enjoy it, um, which is fine. But for – so I've talked about this before. I like exploring systems. I like when I'm playing a game, seeing all the nuancy stuff and everything that can come out of it. But the flip side of that is I tend to analyze games as well. And with City of Kings, it is a issue of – there's a random generation of the world – of monsters, of pretty much everything is randomly generated. And to me, a randomly generated world is just so dull. It comes up with some very interesting combinations of in- of things, but it's just like, eh, all I'm doing is fighting a D6 and that's not interesting. So this game where it had such potential to be this sprawling world with all these characters and unlimited monsters and stuff like the monsters are just symbols and the different symbol doesn't even mean the same thing. The next time you see it, it's just an icon representing this is this random combination of traits, but I have everything for it. And I don't know why, like it came up with another <laughs> Kickstarter and I went back after playing it after having this opinion and I bought the rest of it. Because I'm Why like, well, you maybe do that. it'll fix it. You I need don't a waffle more.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't Embrace waffle, the waffle
0: Do you need a waffle iron? No, <laughs> <laughs> I have a waffle iron. We made
1: waffles yesterday. Um, maybe
0: you just need to have, like, you, you. what you need to do is next to your computer screen, buy some Egos. cut out the box <laughs> of Egos and just, like, put it on the wall next to your computer screen. So when you look over and you see Eggo, just remember to waffle.
1: I'll remember, be cheap like Fletcher, be cheap like Fletcher, be cheap yeah. like Fletcher. <laughs> Pretend I live in 900 square feet. That. Uh, so what I'm hoping is the game room is almost clean. <laughs> like I can see the floor. And what I'm hoping is once it is totally clean, I can stick to the, if I bring a game in this room, it cannot go on the floor. It has to go on a shelf. And if it can't go on a shelf, something has to be taken off the shelf and put in the basement. And that And then that goes on the floor in the basement. And by doing that, I will have about, oh, I don't know, let's, uh, we'll say a hundred games. I don't think it'll fit up. There, there might be a hundred games in the game room, um, which will be like, these are the games. These are all the games I need. If it didn't make it to the one of these shelves, I don't need it. And maybe I can turn around and maybe. There is one game though, I really I'm keeping forever because someday I will play this game and more likely someday I will moderate this game and it'll be at a convention and it'll be at a number of conventions in a row. And that is werewolf legacy because I don't know if this game's good or not. I know it involves playing like 20 games of werewolf in a row, um, which is ridiculous. But the idea (gasps) of a village that changes after each play of werewolf and they come in chapter packs of three. So you play three in a row and then you can have a different group. I'm, I I really want to take this game to a conventions and have that be a game we play over multiple conventions. Um, but it's still in shrink right now too. And it makes me sad. All right. Another one. Um, Chronicles of Barnacle (laughs) Bay. You guys remember me talking about this one? Is that where SpongeBob lives? No. (laughs) That's Bikini Bottom. Oh, no, not Chronicles. Wanderer. Wanderers of Barnacle Bay. Oh, that I think it is the tale of Barnacle Bay, something Barnacle Bay. Um, this game was developed by the same people who, from a company that spun off of Simon, um, calling themselves Panda Cult, and this is an anamorphic, anamorph, anamorphy It's animal people,
2: <laughs> anthropomorphized.
1: Yeah, that one. Um, and it's based in. It's very, very close to Arcadia Quest in its gameplay and in the miniatures and the maps and all that. But there's more to it. There's an ongoing story and it's fully cooperative versus competitive like Arcadia Quest. And every concept about the game sounded like super awesome. It's also still in shrink. I really do feel in my heart, I will play this game someday. I just, in the world, I don't know when that would ever happen because there's so many other things that I'm doing that isn't making me not go back to this two and a half year old game, maybe three and a half years at this time to, to play this game. And yeah. So Katie, have you cataloged your Kickstarters? Six. <laughs> That's, <it.
2: laughs> That's all. Um, I actually uh, got distracted by, I need to fill out a pledge manager, but I can't remember my credit card expiration date off the top of my head. And now it's mad at me. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, several of them are very recent ones that I have backed. So, you know, for the year, it doesn't sound so bad. But for the past three months, I have backed like three or four. <laughs> so, you yeah, know.
1: That's, that's what happens when we do a regular segment. Fletcher, I still need to get you to actually back a game on Kickstarter. Why? I don't know. I just feel like it's... Something you should do. I don't think so. I don't.
0: I don't need to pre-order games. I'll wait for the <laughs> review. I'll wait for but you to tell some... me about it, and if it's any good, then I'll buy it. No, you won't. You'd just be like, eh. I'll play
1: it when you come over and bring it.
0: Uh, or that, yeah. Why, why don't you need to pre-order games when you just when you between you two you buy them all and then I play them that way. <laughs> hey, we it's do like, cover it's a like lot. Having a friend that has a boat, it's like yes, like I get to ride on your boat, not as often as I would like, but often enough. And I just <laughs> use a pack boat. of beer every time I get on it. And I don't have to worry about maintenance or anything else with the boat.
2: I believe I with the boat. Canvas was my first game this year. I think that was right around January. See, so back I'm that, looking one. Forward to that. And then the next one is Sea of Plunder. And then I don't have anything until Flourish. And Flourish, Seventh Citadel, Cascadia, and Windward are all like the last two months.
1: <laughs> yeah. Those are but that's good everything ones, I
2: backed this year. There were some really are some really good, good ones. ones.
1: All right. So <laughs> what do I do with these games? What should I do? I mean, th- this is partly why the Gen Con giveaway was something that I would do. But I have so many games. in Gravity Warfare. This this is a dexterity game where there's like a balancing galaxy on a, well, on a pinpoint or something. And you're putting pieces on there in different ways. It's another you know, here's a card, use tweezers to put a spaceship on a red spaceship or something like that. And it's a very fun game. I'm just, I can't imagine a time that we'll ever bring it out. And now that I'm saying this and Sydney's listening to this and Sydney's like, oh my God, we have to play this game. And I'm like, if you want to play this game, (laughs) I'll totally play this game with you. But it's been sitting in the basement for about, well, since we moved into the house and we haven't played it yet. So and still in shrink I can't give it away. Um Warehouse 13. This was something that this is a, a fun TV show and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that looks like it could be a fun game." I've never played it. Um Labyrinth. This one is a co-op game. Never played it. The figures were cool. I even painted them and gave them as a gift to a friend of mine who like really liked Labyrinth but doesn't like games. But I'm like, "Here's this game and I painted the figures so you could you can ignore the game and just have the figures." Um yeah.
2: Are I, you ready to hear it now, Chris?
1: I'm ready. What do I do?
2: It's time for you to Marie Kondo your game collection.
1: No, <laughs> you
2: have to hold each one of them and ask you if it sparks joy. And joy, if it joy, joy. Spark joy. No, some of these games are not sparking joy. <laughs> you just listed like ten games that don't spark joy.
1: You joy and anxiety. Time to let
2: them go. Say thank joy you. and anxiety and let are them very go. confusing.
0: <laughs> the City of Kings. You said that it was one of the most terrible games you've
1: ever played. Yes, but I get to talk about how bad it is. well I mean, that's joyful. You
2: can still talk about how you bad it is without, buying, <laughs> without owning it. And I think yeah. your real thing, and I think you're getting better at this, is don't buy all the things.
1: I have been doing good at not buying all the things.
2: But now it's time um, to let go of the things that you, if you had been using your criteria now, would you have bought it? If the answer is no, get rid of it.
1: Yeah, I think once once you get to a point where you have a game that covers all the little niches, you can now say this game that's coming in, what is it replacing? What is it? Is it does it have its own place? Or is it just going to compete with another game I already have? And if it is going to compete with another game I already have, is it better than that game? Is it worth the risk of seeing if it's better than that game? Yeah,
2: I guess did we do? Is this the episode we did without you? Is curating your game collection? Did me and Fletcher (laughs) talk about this without you?
1: You did the one
2: time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this is what we talked about. You are curating your collection now, Chris. You are think of it; it is a museum. You are selecting the pieces of art. If you put all the art on the walls, no one can appreciate it. You need to have space so that people can see the art in your collection, Chris. You have to let go of the games that you don't have room for. And even if you have physical space for it, it doesn't mean you have room for the game in your collection.
1: All right, can we go another step? Because I, I feel like since I'm already <laughs> digging myself a hole, there, are, let's talk about Too Many Bones for a moment. Not <gasps> the game that I have, because I, I love the game. <laughs> I love everything I have for it. It's all great. But there's a multiple times where this game has had replacement components or upgrade packs or, you know, various things where replace these cards or this mat or this sheet with the other one. I can't bring myself to throw away the old stuff.
2: Yeah, actually, I have a problem with that. I have a lot of uh, Wingspan stuff that I have now put into (laughs) um, Miles. Stop it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I have just put into the expansion box. so like all the cards I was supposed to replace, I have the upgraded components that you got me and all this stuff, but I've shoved everything else into the expansion box and I should probably get rid of it. I'm not taking my own advice here
1: i've I've done that for so many games where it's like replace this whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm just gonna put them in a box and put them in the basement where they will never, ever ever be used so miles points out to kitty's comment a moment ago galleries don't put all their art out art out at once and thank you miles because what this means is i have my basement and i can rotate games from the basement back up to the main collection so what as you're saying
0: is you that your that. place
1: is a museum it sort of is yeah are you saying you're indiana jones
2: i um, did start this analogy <laughs> it <in> a museum? <laughs> Michael actually brings
1: up a good thing. So um, we mentioned Rado a lot. If you haven't never watched anything of Rado, you probably should just, I don't know, Google any game that you are semi-interested in. He's probably done a run-through of it. But the way he displays his games is he has the normal Calyx shelves like most people do. Mine are Calyx compatible, but they're more regular bookshelves. They're just really deep. Um, But what he does is in the front of the shelf is the game box top of it. So it's like, facing out as if you were looking down on the game box that's just all facing out and behind each of those boxes he has other games and then he has a spreadsheet I think it's actually a word document but whatever has a, a electronic system that says I'm looking for this game and then it tells him which box it's behind so he can go fetch it but it's displayed very nicely in those videos where you can see it's basically an art thing oh my god Fletcher <laughs>
2: So I think that that's fine, but like... How is museum? that fine?
1: In what world is that okay? I mean... I, I love your reaction to that.
2: We broke Fletcher. That gives me anxiety.
0: Like, I know, why don't we just stack everything on top of each other and just do worse sort to figure out like what we want to get.
2: So I like the idea, though, of being able to see the beautiful front art of the box. And, like, I I would love it if each section, like, this is just a dream. I'm going to wax poetic for a moment. If you had, like, each section is, like, these are my, you know, deduction games. These are my tile-laying games, and you had those, and you could rotate which box is the displayed box for a while, and, you know, if that section gets filled with games, then it's time to let one go, and, I don't know, I would just love this, like, <laughs> rotating, beautiful display of games that are so nicely organized. I might be a librarian's It sounds daughter. like what you want. I have a problem.
0: It's like... <laughs> What what you want is what the all you can eat sushi restaurant has. It just like floats by you on a little koi pond of (laughs) on a little stream of water, and you just pick it up and you can just enjoy the sushi as it passes you, or pick it up and eat it.
2: (laughs) Well, I was having a problem with not playing some of my games because I was getting like choice burnout. I don't like to make choices. I would be like, hey, do you want to play a game? And Spencer doesn't like ever say like, no, I hate playing games. But also he's not like as into it as I am. So he'd be like, what do you want to play? I'm like, "Well, oh, I don't know. What are you in the mood for? And we'd just spend like half an hour waffling about what to play. So I just wrote all of my games on a slip of paper. And now I pick one <laughs> and we don't shuffle through until we've played everything. But like if it's I like something, things... I drew a few more slips. So like there's multiple. You just need to like pick a, a game
0: there. that you're just kind of like both OK with. And like we're playing this game. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Netflix conundrum. Like, what should we walk, watch on Netflix? And you just like spend thirty minutes trying to figure out what you want to watch.
2: Yeah, and this is I, why TV I am
0: is a so tired, popular. Like, old
2: <laughs> parent, I don't have time for that. So like, we also like it's just somebody's choice. I picked last time. You have to pick. <laughs> We're not deciding together. You pick so regular TV,
0: <laughs> cable, yeah. regular TV, cable TV is great in the sense that you just turn it on and then it's just playing something. And most of the time no, you're just like, like, this is okay. there's like 800
2: channels. What? It's just as bad. There's like 800 channels now.
0: Yeah, but like you turn it on and there's something playing and you're like, this is okay. Like, whatever. It's just it's already on. <laughs> there's no choice. It's just like, it's
1: there and you're watching it. <laughs> so Chip Theory Games has, the only game of their, well, actually I, I can't say that. There's like two games they don't have, but one of the games I did not get of theirs is called Game to Pick a Game, and it's ridiculous. It's I think it's a couple dice and some poker chips. I
0: hate that game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it's essentially a game that lasts for about two minutes, and the winner gets to pick the game they play for the night. That's the idea behind it. Uh, I like your drawing slip things better because the thing is, it's sort of Fletcher's right. You know, live TV is easy. You just turn it on a channel, and if it draws your attention, great. If not, you flip it until something draws your attention. But, Kitty, what you've done with your slip thing is create live TV. You're like, well, yep. I don't know. What do you want to play? What this do you want to play? On. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's just flip it on and see what's on. Dr- draw something, and then, boom, that's what you have. That's that's what you're playing. And it sh- if it doesn't draw your attention, then, all right, remove that slip in that game because – Obviously I was going to say, there
2: were a couple games that got the boot, because when I was writing slips, I was like, Ugh, when am I going to want to play this? And I was like, done. No. Out of my collection. We're done.
1: Yeah. That's actually there one of the things did. There were a few, though, I that I was
2: bummed, because, like, I really want to play these games, and I just don't have enough people. I'm really excited for my kids to get big enough that I can make them play games with me, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Looking at you, the I crew. Exactly.
1: Think- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just want to play that game. It looks so good. I
2: know. It's so much fun.
1: Uh, So the crew is a set of four graphic novels where it's four different. What? Oh, no, I'm talking about the
2: trick-taking one.
1: Yep, I'm still, I'm talking about um, the Caruso crew. Yeah. Yeah. That was the graphic novels. The crew is the trick-taking one. Yeah. But I want them both. Like, I have them both. I'm not (laughs) that, that all my graphic novel adventures are staying on the upstairs shelves because they are just so cool. And as soon as they are, well, and as soon (laughs) as the kids are old enough to like follow a story and be like, okay, I can read this to you. And, you know, together we can decide what happens and where you want to go and what you want to do. Like, that's just going to be such a fun way of getting them engaged in the story and the reading. And like that's why they sparks joys for me because I'm like the potential of these things are awesome so I'm gonna keep them forever even if they never get played <laughs> I think exactly dragon
2: life we've talked we we're like combining 800 episodes we've already done even though we are not that far into the podcast <laughs> now, this,
1: well this this is a kind of a vague topic but it is one of those things where and I guess it just depends on how many games you have right and whether or not like um Jason Levine of the Dice Tower, he is in the running for the Guinness Book of World Records for owning the most games. He literally has storage facilities where he just has shelves and shelves and shelves of games, and it helps to be working tangentially with the Dice Tower because anytime they have a game that nobody wants to play or nobody likes, he's like, I'll take it, I'll take it. So he literally just takes everything. So for him, it's, I'm never going to get rid of any games, and what I'm going to do with them is, you know, try to break a world record for owning the most different games. I think that's one extreme. And then you have Fletcher on the other extreme that has Sushi Go Party and a DD and d game he hasn't played. Um, <laughs> but... It takes all kinds. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Gen Con. I might bring... Uh, all right. One other thing I may do with some of these games, besides give them away. So some of them, many of them, many, many, many of them, I will give away. Some of them, though, especially the ones with high mini-counts, are just going to be broken down into their miniatures. And I'm going to...
2: What are you going (sighs) to do with the boxes?
1: I don't know. See, that's why I brought up the whole... When I upgrade components, I can't throw away old components. Because in theory, breaking down... like A bunch of Batman action figures would be really cool, right? For kids. But what happens when... Are you going to throw away the the rest
2: of the box? Because you can't give it to someone else, then.
1: No, I can't. And... Are kids really going to want a whole bunch of gray plastic? No. No. And if I paint all the gray plastic, am I really want to give it to kids? No. No. And there's just, there's so many problems here. Just give the game away. The whole give thing. Give the
2: game away. <laughs> Let it go, Indiana.
1: <sighs>
2: Bringing it back around.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Next Gen Con. I don't even think, I think I'm going to have to rent a van to get like an actual moving truck.
2: Well, I think you should games. go through your games and look and see the more kind of casual, the like the warehouse 13 one. I think maybe it's time to just like donate those to your local library or something like that. Like, yeah, the big ones that are going to be more interest to gamers, hold on to those for Gen Con. But there's a lot in there that, you know, you can. Think about the kid at the library who can't afford all these games that you have, that wants to play, that you could bring so much happiness into their life because Warehouse 13 is their favorite show that they've binged on, I don't know, whatever streaming service it's on.
1: You know something? You may have convinced me Ha-ha! <laughs> on, on that for sure. Because I have actually have a bunch of small box games, too, that aren't bad yeah. and they're easy to learn. They're just too casual for me to like bring out. And our local library does have a game section, and they are all donated games, you can tell. And it's not a great selection, probably because people are doing what I'm doing. It's like, "Eh, this game's crap. I'll donate it to my library.
2: (laughs) But, you know, what you don't like and what you're calling crap here, you know, like, kids especially will love. And it might get them into, you know wanting to play more games and maybe even designing games who knows maybe you could give a game to your local library that some kid is going to love playing so much but there's not something you know quite right about it and they're going to go out and they're going to fix that problem and become the next eric lang and it'll be all because of you
1: i am a pretty cool person yeah not gonna lie you could be
2: so great if you give away all your games
1: <laughs> not all of them just the ones i don't like anymore
2: <laughs> went too far okay Take a step backwards. Got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> easy.
2: Easy. <sighs> All
1: right. That's that's not actually a bad idea. I think what I'll do is I am going to make a pass. And I'll bring Sydney with me because she can be my conscience. She can be the, you're not going to play this game ever. And I'm going to be like, oh, me, oh, fine. And I'll, I'll I'll just bring a whole bunch. What if the library doesn't want them, though? What if they're like, we don't have the space for this? Also, there's a I pandemic would call ahead...
2: Um, I would call ahead to your library and ask them like what their donation requirements are and maybe, you know, bring them in a few at a time. Because remember, like your library is probably also part of a network of libraries. Um, this is once again, my dad is a librarian, um, so I get off on these weird tangents. So if you have more information, want more information about donating to your library, let me know. But yeah, call ahead and talk to whoever answers the phone and they'll have lots of insight for you.
1: I will. I will do exactly that. And when the libraries open back up for the public, which I think in our area they actually are, um, just with limited occupancy, um, they will have a I lot of. I know more our library
2: is doing a lot of like, there are like 10 people who are in the library at a time and they just like bring you your books to the door. You don't actually get to go in and mess around, but. I don't and know. browse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, pandemics. We should do an episode on the pandemic. We can no. call it. The pandemic episode and then we can just talk about pandemic the entire time Beginning. all the various all of,
2: pandemics all and of the also different pandemics <laughs> and also the
1: pandemic <laughs> season zero is out now by the way i may end up picking up season zero and just playing it by myself which is the loneliest way to ha- like play pandemic <laughs> is in a pandemic <laughs> by yourself
2: <laughs> i don't know if that one would work if you've got like a two camera just set up setup. your
1: kids on the other side we might be able to do it. Lock them in a high up. chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, so with Kitty and I, it's not an issue of finding specifically time. Like, we can go to each other's houses and it's fine. It's that when you have four kids under three, there's mm-hmm. nothing else you can do except to make sure the kids aren't murdering anyone. Yep. Including themselves. Mostly so, themselves. <laughs> mostly themselves. So it becomes its own game. And... Yeah, so that's why and even setting up like an online time to play games, it still doesn't work. Like, trying to find an hour. Kitty right now is like, okay, all right, as long as the baby's just sleeping for another five minutes, I'm good. Five more minutes, and we're
2: good. <laughs> Actually, my kids are pretty good after 8 p.m., but
1: mine that's when my yours seems is to wind not.
2: up. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's just screamed a couple times, and I know that Sydney's looking to go to bed, but oh, all right. So anyway... These are games. These are these are a lot of miscellaneous topics. Maybe next week we'll have a more focused topic. <laughs> Maybe.
2: Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Fletcher's Fletcher's yet to pick a topic. So,
0: uh, man, I don't know what to. What would I even pick? Sushi go Sushi party. Sushi go
2: party, and why it's the only game you need.
0: <laughs> why it's the only game you need? Just D and D. It's a book.
1: You put it in your library. It's a book. Honestly, we haven't done a role playing episode in a while.
2: I have a topic, but I'm not going to talk what?
1: about it yet. All the right. secret topic for next week.
2: <laughs> I well, I want to run it by you guys before I say it in front of our listeners because it might. Be All a right, one. well,
1: that is a cliffhanger. <laughs> so, do we use Kitty's topic for next week, or do we talk about Sushiko Party? Let's tune in, same time, same channel. That's that's my Batman throwback. Um... <laughs> so, <laughs> All comes full circle. All right, so uh, there are no news or updates. I actually have that in the show notes, like news announcements and reminders, but it's a pandemic. So we just go right to Kitty, who now closes out our show, and Kitty's going to talk a lot. Fletcher doesn't even have to talk at all.
2: tabletop game talk is a proud member of the dice tower network if you'd like to follow us on social media the links for facebook and twitter are in our show notes want to watch us record live you can find that in the show notes as well comments or questions can be emailed to feedback at tabletopgametalk.com hosting fees and gives giveaways are sponsored by our patrons if you'd like to be one of these wonderful people you can find out how by visiting our website tabletopgametalk.com and clicking on the support us link and there's also a link in our show notes Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanukowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Anne Runald, Christopher Lecco, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstead, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Christopher Comstock, Jerk. Jerry Wong, C-Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Sydney Lum, Eric Huffman, Adrian Jong, Faz Flintham, Eric Sealander, Glenn Cotter, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy.
1: And thanks to all of our past and future patrons as well. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Kitty, is next week? Are we talking about sushi? Just sushi? I'm hungry for. (laughs) I did buy viticulture.
2: (laughs) You bought viticulture? That's a real cliffhanger. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Have you played it yet? Yeah, twice. (gasps) Uh, With with the mandatory bottle of wine, right? Actually, no. You're playing it wrong. You're
2: doing it wrong.